0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, sweet, patient babe, you. It is I, your fashionably late host of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast, Diana Jebbia. Hey, let's get the follow stuff out of the way, shall we now? as we always do. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok if you aren't already for lots more Bravo news, recaps, all that good stuff at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. And make sure you follow the network that makes it all happen, Believe Podcast Network at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V, and Believe Pop Culture. How has your week been so far? I know I'm coming to you later this week. Usually you get me in the beginning. Now you're getting me towards the end because... It has been a roller coaster. okay? So for my fellow astrology nerds out there, Mercury is retrograde. Um, I know if you don't like astrology, you're about to tune me out, but just let me have this, okay? Let me have it. What it means is that it's actually an illusion that the planet Mercury is going backwards. It's not really going backwards, but because of some scientific law, it just looks that way. Kind of like, you know, when you're driving past a bus on a highway and... When you go past it, it looks like it's going backwards or something like that, or the other way around, you know, that little illusion doodad. That's what happens with the planets. So it happens a few times a year, and Mercury's not the only planet that goes retrograde. A bunch of other planets do, but they don't get as much love because when Mercury goes retrograde, it messes a bunch of stuff up, which is what I'm getting at. So technology for me this week, which Mercury has to do with that, completely out of control. Things just not working the right way things working really slowly, just so messy. Um, So that on top with a couple of other commitments I've had is why I'm coming to you late. But you know what, like better late than never and good things come to those who wait, which is exactly what's going on here. So why don't we spill the Bravo tea, shall we? Um, yeah, I think it's it's very much past due. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about was we had a couple of Real Housewives of Atlanta departures this week. Both Cynthia and Portia announced that they're not coming back to the show. Cynthia made her announcement a little bit sooner than Portia did. Um, I wasn't really surprised about Cynthia. I wasn't because I feel like we've kind of seen all there is to see of her. I mean, Well, no, we saw her wedding too. I was going to say minus Her Wedding to Mike. No, we saw that. How could I forget? 10, 10, 20. So that like puts a nice bow on her life. She's happy. She's living life. She's doing well. She's come full circle. I think it was time for 50 Cent to uh, step away. But Portia, I was really shocked at. And I'm reading now that Andy Cohen is saying it's more of a pause. So I guess a la Dorinda Medley than an actual departure. But obviously, she has been doing a lot with her social activism, which has been really refreshing to see on the show. And then in her personal life, too, you know, she has baby PJ um, divorced from the Hot Dog King. Or did they not even get married? I don't even remember. I can't even remember. I don't think they actually got married. Don't quote me on that one. But they split up. And now she's engaged to Simon Gobadia, who was married to Fallon last season, right? So you would think this would be a huge storyline for the show. But no, Portia stepped away, but that's not the last we're going to be seeing of her. She has a spinoff in the works, just three episodes, focusing on her family life. So maybe we will hear more about that Simon storyline, although I don't think Fallon's going to have as much of a part in it. So I think we will be missing that drama on RHOA. And then um, she'll still be on Bravo chat room. So it's not like Portia's going away forever. It's just a pause. But I really think that was an interesting move on Bravo's part. I don't know who stepped away from who usually in these situations it is bravo severing ties but maybe because she still has some other deals with the network she was like I've got too much on my plate right now who knows who knows um Mia Thornton on the Real Housewives of Potomac that's the next tea we have to discuss this tea is hot okay so you know she's been engaging in some Twitter and Instagram wars this season. She was going back and forth with Wendy, and then earlier this week she came for Ashkala. Um, she said, "Wearing designer, living in a townhouse with your mother. Wonder why we haven't seen your luxurious, lavish housewife lifestyle?" Ho, a dollar sign, dollar sign, aka Nas. Nah, college kid. I'm a boss, bitch. Hashtag Mia Thornton. Try again. Um, and said, look like money on the outside, noted. Oh, sorry. She said, priorities, look like money on the outside, notice, hashtag mentality, ha- um. and then she tagged Ascala. Um, so yeah, she was coming pretty hard for Ascala over the past couple of days. And then she took all that down, right? She took all that down and she posted this thing on her Instagram. in By the way, gray background, white writing, so... Not only do I think she's lying in this, but she also wants to go blind in the process while reading it. She says, hello, social media family. While I take full responsibility for the recent IG posts and tweets over the past few months, I want to inform you that I have let go of my social media manager due to the nature and language of the captions and posts. I don't have time to keep up, so I am currently looking for someone who will represent my brand and my and true self. In the meantime, sending love, peace, and positive energy your way. My sincere apologies, XOXO Mia. What a load of bullshit, in my opinion. Listen, she's trying to pull a little bit of Jen Shaw here if you were watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Do I think she had someone handling her Instagram and her social media? Absolutely. But there's no way you have someone handling it and you don't know what's going on. She definitely knew this was being posted and now she's trying to backtrack which I don't know if she really fired this person or if she's just saying that. She did post an inquiry email, so maybe she is looking for a new person. If she did fire this person because she decided that she's getting too much backlash for these tweets, that's wrong if she knew they were up. That's completely wrong. But who knows? In my opinion, she knew they were there. Listen, these housewives have their phone in their hands 24-7. There's no way they didn't know it was on there, you know? I don't know that that just bothered me because I really like Mia this season and also she said um, she said sorry I'm squinting at this horrible color choice she said tweets over the past few months so you mean to tell me that you didn't know this was going on for months bullshit (sighs) just had to clear my throat there for a second I don't know Mia the truth always comes out. So we'll find out about that one. And then the last uh, matter of Bravo tea we have to spill is Vicky Gunvilson and Steve Lodge. They have split up. They were engaged for a couple of years now. Um, not surprised at this one. Not surprised. Um I do feel a little bit bad for Vicky just because I know she is always trying to find love and that's a priority for her. But her picker, as Stephanie Cherma, who was on my last week's episode, now almost two weeks ago, because I'm so late. If you haven't listened to that, by the way, you definitely should. Um, She always says, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you, your picker's off, meaning that like these men are not for her. And I think that's the case here. So looking at Vicky's past relationships she had Dawn, who was a little bit doormatty, but to be honest, I think that's the energy she jives best with. And then she had Brooks, who was like total narcissist scammer. And I think Steve and her just didn't jive well together. There's too much of that masculine energy, that dominant energy. And that's just why it didn't work. Um, I'm looking at an Us Weekly article. Um And she said the split was nobody's fault. They're just going in different directions. She gave it her all, but sometimes your all isn't enough. Yeah, Uh, sources say to Us Weekly that Steve was the one to end it, which not surprised there. Uh, They hadn't been getting along for a long time. So we'll see what happens. Listen, I think this might be an unpopular opinion. I think it's time to bring Vicky back to Orange County which um, Heather Dubrow hinted at it on Watch What Happens Live. Like she didn't exactly say Vicky, but or was it Watch What Happens Live? I think it was Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, with Gigi. I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, I know she did hint at it. So I hope she does come back. We get single Vicky and she can get a good man. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for, because we've been waiting a long time for this one. Vanderpump Rules is back. This is such a welcome return in my opinion. I was thoroughly impressed by this episode. I didn't know what I was going into. A lot of us didn't know what we were getting into. Um, key cast members were gone. Some newer cast members are going to be introduced. They weren't in the first episode. Bebe's present for the show. So yeah, we were kind of in unchartered territory with a two, almost two year break, but I was pleasantly surprised. First hot take I have is I did not notice that Jax, Brittany, Stassi, and Kristen were gone. I really didn't notice Max and Brett were gone because nobody cared about them. I know that was a major concern a lot of people had. And listen, do I disagree with what Stassi and Kristen did? Absolutely. But was I concerned about the fate of the show without them? Yes, because they just were major parts, major plot lines of the show, but I didn't really, like, really, it didn't cause me to blink that they were gone, you know? I think that the drama of the show held up. And I also think it was better without them. Sorry, no offense to them. But after so many seasons, their over-the-top drama, there's only so much you could see of that. And listen, that's not to say that Lala isn't over-the-top. I love Lala, by the way. But it's just different. Like, when Jax gets mad... It's just him yelling at everyone all the time. And then people, like that law of physics, every action has a reaction. People tend to yell back at him because that's the energy that's coming at you. It's like, I don't know, if there's a fire-breathing dragon in your face, you're not going to put up your umbrella to save you. You're going to shoot a laser at it, right? So I think that... Oh, I got to readjust my my body on this chair. Sorry, friends. Um, I think that that loudness that just angry volatile energy being gone is refreshing and also with Stasi, I don't it was time it was time I think the show she's like thriving in her mom role and it just wouldn't have been a fit for the show anymore like Lala and Sheena you could tell still throw down they go out whatever but I don't think Stasi's there anymore so it just yeah it was time again Kristen was also like a Jax Kristen is very much the female version of Jax and just yelling at everyone and it was tired and and Brittany just repeats what Jax does so say lovey I think we are in a very good direction of the show but you want to know something crazy speaking of new directions of the show so on the premiere Lala posted a photo of it was her, Kristen, Stassi, and Katie. um, And then she said, I had to with a white heart. And then Ariana wrote, I love you all in capital letters, but I guess I'm just confused on what this post is supposed to be giving on the night of our premiere in all caps. Are you living in the past or are you ready for the future of the show? I don't, if Lala wants to post a picture with her friends... Let him. It's not like that was the only thing she said about the premiere. She was posting stories and and all that. Like, I think Ariana definitely did that to stir some up, stump some stuff up for the premiere and for the show because obviously Lala and Ariana are going at it. But like, just let Lala post. I don't know. I thought that was a little bit uncalled for. So Ariana, sorry. So Lala took it down, and um. Lala didn't ask me anything the next day on her Instagram. And then someone said, why did you take down the photo of the Fab Four? And then Lala said someone got affected. I love her. But you know what? It is really hard for me to take sides when watching this all go down because I do like Lala and I do like Ariana. Not to sound like a little snooty snoot, but I have met them both. Genuine, very nice, lovely ladies. So it's just it's hard for me to see that friendship fall apart. And it's, you know, it's hard to watch too because they both seemed like in each other's corner for so many years but um, I was recently invited to be part of a Vanderpump Rules conversation Um, from Niamade. She's that African butterfly on Instagram. She has a YouTube series called Bold, Black, and Addicted to Bravo. And she invited a bunch of us on to discuss the Vanderpump Rules premiere. And it was absolutely amazing. That should be dropping on Monday. So I'll link you guys on my IG. Definitely go watch it. Definitely go support her. Uh, lots of wonderful Bravo commentators on there who brought up the point that Lala's friendships seemed pretty transactional. So maybe when she did become friends with the A-team, so with Kristen, with Katie, uh, Stasi, then she was like, all right, I don't see any use for Sheena and Ariana anymore. I don't hope that for her because I like to see the best in people and Lala was nothing but genuine and kind to me. Um, and I read her book and it it just, there's a lot more going internally there. So, I don't know. I, I like to see, I'd like to believe that it's just a a bump in their friendship and they will get on smoothly again. But from the looks of that Instagram argument, it doesn't seem that way. So, right away, this show starts off with um Tom and Tom, the Tom Toms, scooting around and I'm looking on TV and I'm like, oh my God, wait, that looks so familiar. You guys, they were in my neighborhood. I just have to put that out there. I know I don't live too far from all the Valley Village people, but like, damn, like I, I drive down that street every single day where they were scooting on their way to Tom Tom. So that was pretty cool to see that. I like freaked out just a little bit. And they meet Lisa at Tom Tom. And there's this discussion that they're opening a bar. And meanwhile, Lisa's like, oh, do you guys have something to tell me? Um, and they're like, oh, we have to tell Lisa we're opening a bar. She probably knew. This is clearly, like, who are you kidding, Bravo? This was clearly done up for the camera. I wish it wasn't done this way. Like, I wish that they don't try to play us as idiots because we're better than that. I'm sure contractually they had to divulge something to them because they're business partners. Like, I'm sure there was something in there that they had to spill beforehand. That's like, you don't go to your boss. um, and just like not tell them you're getting a new job and leave or something like that. You know, maybe that was a bad example, but she had to have known. So, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're opening up a bar um, and they decided to call it, which we don't know at that point. We find out on Watch What Happens Live later. They did decide on the name, but they call it Schwartz and Sandy's. Which at first, when I saw the name in print, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Because um, my friend Sir Rules posted a poll about it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And then I heard it. And I'm like, no, this is really lame. Like, it sounds like a deli where you also play shuffleboard. And wear, like, plaid outfits with suspenders and hats with feathers that come out. Not like pirate feather hats. But you know those, like, fedoras? Those straw fedoras. And there's, like, a tiny feather in the hat. You know what I mean? That's the uniform of um, Schwartz and Sandys. And that's not the vibe they're going for. They're going for some like trippy neon BS. And they they decided on Schwartz and Sandys for the name. I don't know. And they did match it mention on Watch What Happens Live that they got the Instagram handle. But I couldn't find anything for it yet. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that for you. It's going to be in Franklin Village, which is a really cool area of town. Um, I'm excited they that they're expanding from West Hollywood because I do love WeHo, but that area of town is so freaking expensive. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can maybe get some Franklin Village pricing. Not that that's much better, but it is a little bit better. I swear, I'm going to be there like opening day supporting that. But yeah, Schwartz and Sandy's. I don't know. Anyone want a Sandy? That's what it sounds like, like a sandwich, a sandwich. Um, Speaking of the Schwartz and Sandy name, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but Katie was like, yeah, Tom hates it. Like she's talking to Ariana and she's like, Tom, her her Tom Schwartz hates it. And I think this is just a really interesting dynamic of like the Tom's And the girlfriends. So Katie and Ariana are getting along really well. Really cool to see them do that because, you know, their husbands are business partners. Ariana and Tom's relationship, they can kind of coexist together. Like, they're very much the example of a healthy relationship where they maintain their own individuality. And they come together as a couple. But as Stephanie and I discussed in my last episode, again, a really good episode, you have to listen to it. Tom and Katie, they're kind of a toxic codependent couple, right? And we see that with this big business venture. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting on Katie for wanting to be part of this. I think if you do want to support your partner and be involved in their business in some way, that's awesome. It's just the way she goes about it like we know that Tom doesn't speak for himself especially when it comes to Sandoval like they're each other's yin and yang like Schwartz is the quiet one and Sandoval is like all talking all action which works for them but when you have someone like Katie who obviously Schwartz plays this more quiet role in his relationship and she's gonna pick up the mouth of it she's gonna be the mouth of it all that's where Sandoval and Katie are gonna clash because now they're both speaking for Tom and it's like who's right When they're speaking for Tom, you know, because if he's going to be quiet with Katie, he's going to be quiet with Tom, too. And he's going to tell her one thing and him another. So he's probably like, oh, yeah, Tom, whatever. The name's fine. And she's he's going home to her and he's like, Tom, pick this B.S. Name. I hate it. So she's going to go back to Tom. Listen, which anyone who's sticking up for their significant other should maybe not in the way she does. But obviously it's right that she sticks up for her man. And She's like, no, he hates it. And then Tom's probably confused. Tom Sandoval's like, "Well, he told me he liked it or is this, you know, him actually hating it or is it you hating it?" So it's just a recipe for disaster. I said this um on Bold Black and Addicted to Bravo that Sandoval definitely sees Katie as like the Yoko Ono of anything that they try to do because she's just getting involved and sticking her head in. Where she shouldn't, or where Sandoval sees that she shouldn't. So it's going to be interesting to see this dynamic between all of them further develop throughout the season as they go on this business venture. And Katie really wants to be part of it. You know, she said she wanted to be maitre D. Um, and just Tom Sandoval is not having it, which sucks because she does have the background in the restaurant business. She is a really good worker, but just a lot of fiery energies there that just aren't compatible. So there's that. <sighs> that's that's a lot already. See, we thought this season was going to be boring and it isn't. So we get a little update on Raquel and James, who James, by the way, is DJing to no one, which is really, really funny. I've actually seen him DJ live. I know I've mentioned this before. Um, and it's funny because like I am a broadcaster, so I kind of get um a little snobby when I see people DJ I know it's not exactly the same but like I get a little snobby and I saw him at see you next Tuesday and like it was some girl's birthday I think her name was Melissa right and he gets on the mic and normally like when you're a DJ you're like yo like everyone in the club put your hands together for Melissa it's her birthday like and everyone goes ah. when I saw him he was like yo all right here we got a a birthday girl her name's Melissa Melissa another year older huge accomplishment like that's just not something you get on the mic and say like in a club like like huge accomplishment I don't know I don't know but anyway he's DJing to no one huge accomplishment and um Raquel walks in you know we get the update on them he's two years sober but it's like California sober for those of you playing at home who don't know what that is it means he still smokes weed um, in other cases, it might be other things, but we don't, we don't know that about James. We don't. Um, so he's gotten rid of the alcohol, right? And his relationship with Raquel is doing a lot better. She's happy. He's happy. But his relationships with some other people, a.k.a. Max Todd, Lisa Vanderpump's son, not doing so hot. And we find out that they went over to um, Dantana's. It's an Italian restaurant. Or Dantano's Dan or Dantana's? I think it's. Please hold. I haven't gone to this place. I'm so snobby with. Yeah, it's Dantana's. I'm so snobby with my Italian restaurants. And uh, this is the second time it's being mentioned on a Bravo show this week. They just closed a deal uh, there. Josh flagged did on million dollar listing last week. Um, and everyone's like, oh, it's such a good restaurant. But like, I'll be the judge of that. Like full blooded Italian from Jersey living in California. Like, no, no. I'll be the judge of that. Anyway, um, (laughs) Max and James were at Dantana's and they got into a fight over splitting a plate, which like, listen, do I think the fight itself was real? Yeah, because um, basically the whole fight was James didn't want to split the plate or James wanted to split the plate. Max said, dude, there's like a $10 splitting fee, which is like stupid, but yeah, um, and then James is like, oh, I'll call the waitress back. And then Max is like, you idiot. We work in the service industry. You never call a waitress back. So they fought over that. And it like escalated. Like James put his hand in his water and like spritzed Max in his face. He put his in his hand in Max's water, which is never OK, which is especially not OK during COVID times. But I digress. And then um, Max mad as anyone would kind of like push his chair over or something where he looked like he was going to lunge at James and then James knocked his chair over and like knocked over a heater and then like a fire started if I heard correctly so some crazy stuff Max is probably really embarrassed rightfully mad but here's what I don't like about that Lisa comes into um sir and that's where James is meeting her and she's like, oh, I see everything's going well with Raquel, but look at these texts you sent to my son. And it was like, he was just calling him names, like he called him a fat prick and stuff, which is absolutely terrible. But really, Max, you're going to have your mommy fight your battles. I know that it's Lisa's show, and Lisa's in charge of the restaurant, but James doesn't work there, or he's not DJing there now at this point in the show, I don't think, Um so it's not like it's a restaurant argument like they're like oh I can't have you like being mad at each other in the restaurant I don't know I I just think that scene would have been a lot better if we had James initiate the conversation with Max himself or like if we saw Max get mad at James and you could argue that like well Max wasn't talking to him he was blocked but like yeah production does all this okay we know that as I mentioned before we know Lisa knew about the Toms opening up their own bar so you can't mean to tell me that the producers couldn't have arranged something where we see the two of them do get out without mommy's help on camera okay a little bit ridiculous little ridiculous if you ask me and then they meet up together at um Villa Rosa which is Lisa's mansion and it's clear that this friendship is not progressing anywhere uh during that conversation though it was a little weird because um Max was like oh you were like so manic definitely not sober and like any normal person James should have said like are you like questioning my sobriety right now instead he's like I only had that one pre-workout pill and you did too. What? Like, why even bring that up? If It's like, you know, when you're a kid and um, your brother starts crying or some crap, right? Or they hit you or something like that. And you go and it's like, oh, mom, mom, like my brother hit me or my brother's crying, but I should let you know it's Um, I didn't push him first or something like that. And it's like, well, now you obviously know you pushed him first. So that's essentially what happened with this pre-workout pill dealio, in my opinion. In my opinion. Just super fishy. Some more drama we get into. Sheena and uh, Lala, which we knew they weren't good back when Lala was on Overserved with Lisa Vanderpump. But... Now we kind of get further into it, even though also that drama was out there, too, on Sheena's podcast, Shenanigans. But now now we get, like, the whole side. So Sheena had a miscarriage, unfortunately, back in June of 2020, and she wanted Lala to be there for her. And also her baby daddy, Brock, was out golfing. So she sees that Brock is golfing. She's upset about that. And she like she's like, Lala, I need you. And then Lala's like, no, I'm having dinner with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Which, by the way, why are these two chumps everywhere? I used to be a fan of them. And now I'm just like, They're so annoying. They're so annoying. Sorry. I know. I love Pete Davidson. And I'm probably going to eat my words when Pete and I start dating. And I'm going to have to be around Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. But, like, I'm so over them. Of course it was them. Anyway. So Sheena's mad at her friend that she wasn't there for her. And I see both sides to this story because... Then Lala comes back and she's like, Sheena went on her podcast and said I wasn't there for her and the podcast was released on the day of Ocean's gender reveal and then people started coming for me saying they hoped I would miscarry, which is absolutely terrible because I wasn't there for my friend. Like, that's disgusting. People, first of all, the whole sum of this is that people on the internet need to not. Okay? They need to inter That's besides the point. Um... So that's why they're mad at one another. And Lala says that she had asked Sheena if she wanted her to be there. And Sheena says, I need to be alone right now. And then when Sheena was ready for her to come over, she was like, oh, well, now I'm I'm off to dinner with uh, Dumb and Dumber and GK and, and MF. And then Lala also brings up that uh, why isn't she mad at Brock for going golfing that day? Which, I don't think she wasn't mad. If we know anything about Sheena, I mean, yeah, she forgives men too easily. But we know that, like, she let him have it. And she even said to him, or, yeah, she said to him when she was explaining the whole fight, she's like, you were golfing and I was freaking out. So, like, let's all jump back. She definitely isn't um, misplacing her anger at Brockett Lala. Like, he got an earful, too, I'm sure. You could be mad at more than one people at the same time. Um, Chelsea, a.k.a. Ono Bravo, brought up a good point um, on when we were on um, Bold, Black and Addicted to Bravo. She said that Lala and Sheena hadn't seen each other for a long time. So this fight was stewing, whereas Brock and Sheena lived together. So they had probably discussed it and moved on with their lives. And I'm sure she was mad still, like, you know, like just throwing out little digs here and there. So I just don't think that was a very valid argument on Lala's part. But um, Sheena extends an olive branch to Lala, invites her to her intimate hibachi dinner at uh, Ariana's and Sandoval's home. Katie gets invited too. Katie gets invited first. And that's how we know that's going to be confronted. Exciting stuff. Can we talk about Sheena and Lala and Ma- as moms for a couple sex? Because I actually really like seeing this. I was a little bit hesitant to see how mom life would be portrayed on the show. Like I thought... It could go either one of two ways, like them being super annoying about it and everything, like my baby, my baby, my baby, which like I don't have any kids, but I'm sure your kid is your whole life and that's wonderful, but like it's not the best reality TV if that's not the show we've been watching for all these years and it's not the show we signed up for. But I thought it was very delicately and intricately done with them staying true to themselves. Like right away, we see Lala breast pumping and she showed her birth video too, which a lot of people were grossed out by. But I'm like, ah, it's it's Lala. It's true to her. It's who she is. I, mean, I had no problem with it. And Sheena like talking to Summer, and she's like, "Do you want a manicure? How about we do almond nails or coffin nails?" And I'm like, "All right, a little annoying, but like true to Sheena. Can't get mad at it." So I think it's it's being done very well. Oh my god! So we get to the uh, hibachi party, the hibach part, and um. <laughs> So Sandoval like made drinks and he like tried to be cute and name it after the babies. So summer and ocean. And he's like, Sheena, for you, we have summer's eve and summer's night and then the ocean. And I'm like, which also Katie was very much like summer's eve or no, it was Schwartz who said summer's eve. Like, that's not a good idea. And then um, Sheena was like, yeah, you wash your vagina with that. Like, it was just so funny. Like Schwartz knew that. Schwartz would know that. It was just so funny. Also, like Tom Sandoval dresses like Floop from Spy Kids every chance he gets. Every chance he gets. He's just out here looking like Floop. Okay, I needed you to know that. The party starts and James is inviting everyone to Palm Springs, which can I just like let's take a moment to realize how far James has come because his first or second season, he was being rejected from cash trips. So remember when they were going to Hawaii, I think it was for Jax's birthday. And like he practically had to beg to be invited. And now he is the one inviting people to cash trips. And Jax is not on the show anymore. So oh how the mighty have fallen. Like kind of happy for James there. He's being a douche with the whole Max thing. But like I'm happy for him. And we know if you obsess over following in- them on Instagram like I do, this Palm Springs trip is going to be where he proposes to Raquel, Rachella. I think they tried to make it like Coachella, Rachella, So cute. Love that for them. I would love to do that, but like a Burning Man thing. I think that would be so much fun, kind of like what they did on The Real Housewives of New York. Sheena and Lala try to hash out their drama, so they go and have a conversation in the house, and I was really impressed by this. I think it partially had to do with pregnancy hormones because they kind of just ended up crying the entire time. But they were able to each state their side and then come to an agreement because of it and recognize where the other person was coming from, how they hurt one another, how it was a dual role, and how they could move on from this. It was a really mature and refreshing view that we haven't seen on this show. And I think that if Stasi and Kristen had still been around in Jackson-Brittany, I don't think this conversation would have gone as well as it did because I think there would have just been too many cooks in the kitchen chirping in one another's ears, trying to prevent this friendship from coming, from coming together for their own benefit. So I really love seeing this. I think this came from a genuine place, and hopefully they still continue to be good. Now, Ariana and Sheena, not so much. Not so much. They, they come back out, and they just get into a screaming match because... Again, Lala said that, oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. So Lala went on Zach Peter's podcast, who was also on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that, another amazing episode, by the way, you definitely should. But Lala went on his podcast and was like, oh, Ariana and I don't care about each other. So the two are just being passive aggressive and like... Lala's doing her signature like, you're going to come for me like that? And Ariana's like, and normally Ariana just like holds it together really well in arguments or like she's a formidable opponent, but she truly gives no Fs. She's done. She's like, whatever. And it just gives us the most memeable face of the episode when she's like, and it's clear these two are not going to make up anytime soon. And I am absolutely living for it. I did also forget to mention that Lala and Raquel kind of go at it and I love that Raquel is standing up for herself. She's like, I don't care what you think of me. And then Lala's like, do you need me to baby you? Is that what you're telling me? And then Raquel's like, yeah, which another uh, great conversation we had on Bold Black and Addicts to Bravo because at first that sounds kind of like a paradox, doesn't it? Like, I don't care what you think of me, but please baby me. Like, don't down talk to me. I think it was just the way Lala phrased it. It's like, If she had just said, like, I don't need to be the subject of your digs, like, I don't really care, like, let's move on, that would have made more sense to me. But I'm glad that those two have come to a mutual understanding and respect of one another, and looking forward to seeing where that friendship goes. So, all in all, really, really good episode. We started off on a high note. This already was so much better than last season, and even before all the firings happened, season eight ended kind of at an opportunity to close the door with all the, um, just the the little notes they had up about the friendships. But I think they came back with a bang and I'm so excited for the season. You know what else is coming back with a bang? That's my opinion! Yes, that's my opinion. I know I've been sucky and I haven't been doing it the past few episodes, but it is back. And the first opinion we have is your friend, my friend, everybody's friend, and guest of the show, Samaj, um, who I'm going to just sum up his opinion because he wrote a lot, a lot of good things. So hopefully I can get it all in there. Um, he says he wasn't going to initially watch Vanderpump Rules after the disappointing trailer. Um, and But he was impressed. He liked Tom's and Ariana's new furniture, which, yeah, definitely an upgrade to their house. It was nice seeing Sheena with a baby. He's annoyed to see James Kennedy begging for his DJ spot at sir. Um, but to be hit with the transition of him calling Max a fat prick and being mad at splitting a plate was not what he expected. Um, he said it gave him tequila Katie rage text vibes, which I actually loved. Um, And he said Lisa brokering piece took him back to his days in the restaurant when his manager would bring him in to speak with the person he didn't like. So it was a nostalgic moment. I'm glad that's what you took from it, because from what I said earlier, it was kind of like, oh, your mom's doing your dirty work. So I'm glad that's another way of looking at it. Um, The hibachi scene or the hibachi dinner was the most exciting scene. Watching Raquel force herself through lines while Lala tried to throw her off was amazing. Watching Katie and Sandoval fight was so bad. It's good. Nice to see Jesse, who they've been promoting and sending on tour to talk about his arc and the new wave of diversity, even though he's not in the opening credits, so he's talking about Jesse Montana. Um, excited in seeing where the Tom Tom trauma goes and how activated our future Pixar mom Katie will go. Um, seeing her leave with Lala made him think how someone can be so right and so wrong at the same time, stays getting with the wrong team. Um, oh, and then he mentioned a relatable moment, which was really funny. When Lala gets invited to Sheena's dinner and she's like, I can't stand this bitch, but I love Hibachi. So true, so true. Um, yeah, I love Samaj. I love Samaj's takes. Thank you for always giving them and bringing them. We also heard from Marissa. She said that Ariana was right, and I'm happy she's had it taking with taking people shit. Also love their espresso bar. Oh, I love an espresso bar. And then she said James and Max's salad fight was hilarious. James needs to be nicer. What's a pre-workout pill? I don't know what a pre-workout pill is either, Marissa. Let's find that out. I think we kind of know, but we don't know. Winky poo. And then I heard from Kate in New Jersey. She said it's not the same without saucy. And like, I don't know, Kate. Like I Like I said before, I'm like, I don't. I'm not mad that they're gone like I can get how it cannot be the same but I think it's not the same for the best like I think it's just they're at a new place and I'm kind of liking where it's going but I get you know I had love for Stassi when she was on the show Um, like I said I think the action taking taken against her was correct but I can see how she would be missed. Woo. Well, that just flew by. I am so excited that Vanderpump Rules is back and we are going to be recapping that weekly. So make sure you tune in next week, much earlier for another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. Thank you for forgiving me for being late. Make sure you follow me at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A, on Instagram, on TikTok, and then follow Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-B, and Believe Pop Culture on Instagram as well. And I will talk to you sooner than later next week. Mwah. Love you, bebe.